Welcome, 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 everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Where today we're going to be going over the free agency cooldown. I'm your host, Levi Crow here. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, the names being taken off of the free agency market um, this past couple days aren't nearly as big as what the names have been when free agency first started last week. Like We needed to see where Tom Brady was going to go. But we do still have big names available like Jadavian Clowney, like I covered towards the end of the last podcast. People like him, Jameis Winston are still available. Um, whether you did, you know, nominate Jameis Winston to be a big name free agent is entirely up to you. Many people think he had the talent. He has the talent. Many people think that he does not. Um, but today we're not going to be talking about Jameis Winston. The big story to jump right into it is Cam Newton. Cam Newton was released earlier today, uh, bright and early in the morning, by the Carolina Panthers. He had the post last week, you know, when the Panthers announced that Cam Newton demanded a trade. Cam Newton then came out and stated that he did not demand a trade. So, to say the least, his departure from Carolina was not the greatest uh, farewell. Um, the team kind of just kicked him out of the door and say, "Head, hey, you're injury, you're injury prone," um, and we've we've had it there. Um, the one big thing with Cam Newton that everyone is really talking about is where is he going to land? A lot of teams, um, you know, haven't really checked in. The Panthers have reached out to teams like the Chargers um, and the Bears before he was released. Uh, supposedly, neither one of those teams had any real interest or desire in Cam Newton. Um, that was the original report, whether or not they feel like he was going to be released um, so they were just going to wait, or they truly had no interest. I believe the Bears truly had no interest because they went out and brought in Nick Foles. Um, I was surprised they picked up Nick Foles' contract. Obviously, the the uh, Jaguars helped them with some of it, uh, paid some of that off, kept some of it. Um, so it's not like the Bears took on that entire contract. And whether he Nick Foles battles with Mitchell Trubisky or not, we have to wait and see. They spent a high draft pick, I believe second overall, on Mitch Trubisky, and now they're already moving on to an older veteran quarterback. It seems to have gone that way. So we'll wait and see how that plays out. But as of now, the Bears are out of the sweepstakes for Cam Newton. There's really only two teams in the entire league that really need a quarterback, one being the Chargers and the other being the Patriots. Whether the Chargers legitimately need a quarterback to just say simply make the playoffs or compete in their division. Some will say they need one. Some will say they can simply roll with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor has proven to win in Buffalo, taking them to the playoffs. That was really his last full year starting as a quarterback. Went to Cleveland, started a couple games, and then Baker Mayfield took the reins there. He wasn't terrible, but he also wasn't great when he started. It's Injury is the reason that uh, Mayfield replaced him, but obviously when Tyrod was healthy, he couldn't you know, overtake the reins back from Baker Mayfield. Obviously, they spent a first-round draft pick on Baker. They weren't going to wait too long to get him in there into the uh, starting quarterback job. The really sleeper team, though, is the Patriots. Um, whether you want to consider it a sleeper team or not, the big sleeper team that a lot of people mention that I don't really see 
is the um, Washington Redskins. They have Dwayne Haskins. They spent our first round pick on him last year. Um, I've heard bad things about him, and I've heard great things about him from all of their fans. I personally, if I was a Redskins fan, I would trust Haskins. He he balled out in college. He is an excellent talent. Towards the end of last year, he really started to show. It's all about getting good pieces around him. Uh, Trent Williams was out last year, didn't play at all. That's Dwayne Haskins' blind side, so he probably was feeling constant pressure if he can't trust his line. But aside from the point, I don't believe the Redskins, a.k.a. the Dark Horse team for Cam Newton, the new Carolina Panthers, um, just kidding about that. I, re- I like what Ron Rivera is doing, but I don't see him bringing in Cam Newton. I'd like to see them roll with Haskins and uh, and hold Kyle Allen as a backup. I think he would actually do well in that system if Haskins were to go down and Allen would need to come in. The Patriots, they're really up in the air. It all depends if they want to roll with Jared Stidham or you know maybe Brian Hoyer is going to compete, might take it over. He might be performing well under that system. He's a veteran. He might just simply be there to compete and then come time for regular season, he might be out and maybe Cam Newton will be in there. Jameis Winston will be in there. We really have no idea. Um, we'll, we'll discuss more on the Patriots quarterback situation later on in the show. The one big thing that everybody has to look out for with Cam Newton, though, is the fact that he might go unsigned. Just to put a few uh, statistics out there for you, Cam Newton he hasn't played a full season since 2017. Granted, that's two seasons. One of those seasons include when he played just – he basically played just one game last year because the second game he got hurt um, and didn't really play the majority of that game. He's very injury-prone. Um, all the concussions, um, his shoulder injury, and now a foot surgery, it's just – it's a majority of things with him, and he doesn't have a single season – with less than 10 interceptions. You can't count last year because he only played one game, really, and he threw one interception in that game. It's just turnovers have always been an issue with him. Um, he's not going to be as mobile. The Chargers are looking for a mobile quarterback. They have Tyrod Taylor, um, who is also mobile, but Cam Newton has the experience. He's been there. He's done that. MVP, he has that on his resume, been to the Super Bowl. That's on his resume. Uh, he would definitely help ticket sales go up in L.A., which they're looking for. Everybody would buy a powder blue Cam Newton jersey that's a Chargers fan. He would definitely help L.A. solidify themselves as L.A.'s team. Um, Again, one of the things we'll touch on later in the show is going to be the Chargers and maybe their quarterback situation whenever we're discussing Rams and the Chargers and really who runs L.A. So moving on to the next thing, we're going to stick with the Panthers. Um, We're going to kind of talk about if the Panthers can really compete in that NFC South. The Saints, good. As long as Drew Brees is there, they have Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, defense. They brought in Malcolm Jenkins. Marshawn Lattimore can perform when need be. They got a good defensive line. They're basically complete for the most part. They're still bringing in parts here and there to kind of help solidify that defense. The offensive line is great. The Buccaneers obviously brought in Tom Brady. Um, The weapons go on and on on that offense. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Cameron Braid, OJ Howard, Um, They got a good offensive line for the most part. Ronald Jones, I think, is going to be a lot better this year than what he was last year. Definitely an improvement for him this year, I believe. The defense, they have Devin White in the backfield. They have got a few pieces in the secondary that I like. The defensive line, 
um, especially Shaquille Barrett, you know, when he's up there, they have a fairly good defense, but that offense is going to be able to pick up so much slack where the defense does lack. I feel like they can keep pace. It's going to be a very good offense for Tom Brady because he can really, um, he can force anything that he wants in terms of he can really push it and uh, make the defense try and keep pace. The Panthers, well, we'll talk about the Falcons first. Really, Matt Ryan, he's been iffy for a couple years, not so much him, but the players, the pieces around him, they, you know, they have Julio Jones, they have Calvin Ridley. So he has good weapons there. They brought in Todd Gurley, who I think if Todd Gurley can perform like he did two to three years ago, they're in a really good position to maybe compete for that division and be kind of a shock. Right now, everybody's saying the Saints and the Bucks, but maybe the Falcons can work their way up there. It depends. The defense is is iffy. They brought in Dante Fowler, but they did lose Vic Beasley, whether that's an upgrade or not or a downgrade. We won't know, but we will find out this year. They lost Desmond Trufant to the Lions. There's just, like I said, I refer to a flurry of things going on. That's one of those things where the Falcons, you know, people are leaving. People are coming in. It's how free agency works. Whether they can compete or not, it's uh, what we wait to see. Which Matt Ryan shows up, we'll wait to see. Is Julio going to get hurt? We'll wait to see. And the same with Todd Gurley. We just have to wait and see. The big talk is going to be the Panthers. Um, So, like I said, can they compete? I really, truly believe that they compete. They added Robbie Anderson today, which doesn't seem like a huge signing to too many people. I believe it was a two-year $20 million, um, which is pretty good money, especially for Robbie Anderson, who I feel hasn't even showed his true potential in the league yet. He is going to help Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and even Ian Thomas. Just listen to those weapons. Christian McCaffrey is arguably one, arguably one of the most versatile weapons in all of the National Football League. Christian McCaffrey can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can even block. He's just a, a grit and grind kind of player. He's what you'd call Gruden's kind of player. He's He is a talent. He's a once-in-generational talent. I mean, Saquon Barkley can be the same. Obviously, he's not as athletic as Saquon, but he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can truly do it all. I think Robbie Anderson helps like I stated again, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel for all these reasons. You put Robbie Anderson on the outside, DJ Moore on the outside, on the other side. DJ Moore can run any route in the book. I truly believe that. DJ Moore has the speed, like Robbie Anderson, to take off down the field. I feel as if they both have excellent hands. The biggest factor of adding Robbie Anderson is the fact that Curtis Samuel runs in the slot and he is fast. He has been since his days in Ohio State. He's been a playmaker. Curtis Samuel, last year, it doesn't seem like a huge year, just off the numbers, but as the number three guy, he played number two for a little while, but in the offense where he was playing with Kyle Allen at quarterback after Cam Newton went down, Kyle Allen wasn't great. He was very, very turnover prone. Um, They had to throw a lot because they were down so much, but again, the accuracy wasn't there. Curtis Samuel was able to accumulate 54 receptions, Now listen, he had 105 targets. That's not that great. But like I said, he had Kyle Allen throwing to him, inexperienced, bad offensive line for the most part, other than one or two of their linemen. They were constantly, he was constantly under pressure. The accuracy wasn't there. 54 catches for Curtis Samuel, 627 yards and six touchdowns. The big thing that really um, impresses me with Curtis Samuel is again, he's versatile. He's kind of like Christian McCaffrey. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He had... 19 rushes for 130 yards and a touchdown. Wide receivers usually aren't getting those carries. Now, granted, on 19 rushes, 130 yards is pretty good for a single game throughout a season. Um, You know, it doesn't sound that great, 
but it's a good per yard average. He can definitely help relieve things on the offensive side. I think it's huge they added Robbie Anderson because it will really, really open up um, Curtis Samuel across the middle. And as well as Ian Thomas this year, he was underneath the Greg Olson and now he's finally gonna be able to shine. I feel like he's really going to ball out this year. It's definitely going to show. Um, all you can do is really just wait and see. Cause I could be wrong on that. I've been wrong before, but I really think Ian Thomas has a good year this year, especially with the weapons around him, able to take the top off. If Christian McCaffrey's not there on the dump off, he's going to be uh, attracting linebacker attention while Ian Thomas can then go a little bit deeper, maybe eight, 10 yards down the field and catch something on an out route or a curl or whatnot, whatever he, whatever route he's running. Like I said, Tom Brady came to the division. That's definitely tougher for the Panthers. Todd Gurley in the division. Again, tough for the Panthers without Luke Keekley gone. Leaves them with Shaq Thompson. Try and run down um, maybe any running backs like Todd Gurley that are back there because Keekley was just all over the place, whether it be a ball hawk or a run support. He was very good on pursuit. Another person they brought in was Emmanuel Sanders. That's who the Saints brought in this year, Emmanuel Sanders, which is actually huge considering the fact that the Saints had the largest gap last year between number one receivers and number two receivers, uh, the number one and number two receiver on their team, the largest gap. Now, obviously, Michael Thomas breaks the receiving or the receptions record, so obviously, but who they have, you know, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, they didn't have a great second wide receiver, and Jared Cook was okay, but we're, he's not a wide receiver, he's a tight end. So bringing in Emmanuel Sanders is awesome, might help them get to the Super Bowl, and really give them that extra push, considering the fact that Emmanuel Sanders, you know, with the Steelers, been to the Super Bowl. Um, with the Broncos, been to the Super Bowl. With the 49ers last year, he's been to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying he's the guy on each of those teams to really do it, but this year, if they make the Super Bowl, he'd be the only player in history to make a Super Bowl with four different teams. That'd be an excellent thing to put on his resume once he eventually retires. I think he still has a lot of skill, a lot of potential. He scorched the Saints last year in the 49ers game against the Saints, that high-scoring game where it was 49-46 final score um, in New Orleans. So I feel like Emmanuel Sanders is going to go really well with Drew Brees because Drew Brees is like a Tom Brady guy. He can ultimately make anybody better that's going to be catching the ball. Another thing is, is we're still on the topic of can the can the Panthers compete? It is arguably the best division in football now, especially since they brought Teddy Bridgewater in. You know, they brought in Robbie Anderson. They're adding key points because after Tom Brady went to the Bucks, the only questionable team was the Panthers, but they were able to bring in Teddy B. Can Teddy Bridgewater perform, though? He was good in New Orleans, but was it a Sean Payton thing? Maybe, maybe not. They had great weapons, but Teddy Bridgewater won all five of the games, all five of the games that he started. He's been very consistent throughout his entire career. Whether he can perform or not now that the reins are his own, that he's sitting in his own seat, and he's in the driver's seat of this entire team, I think he's going to be very good for Christian McCaffrey. I think he has the weapons around to really make him feel comfortable. Um, the new coaching that's in there, um, I feel like, you know, in college coaching, you don't throw to the running backs a lot uh, in college play. It's not going to be one of those things where McCaffrey is going to have to adjust to that. Rule, the Panthers' new head coach, is going to have to adjust to – Christian McCaffrey. They're going to have to use him because he's, he's a do-it-all guy. Bridgewater can get him the ball. He can get their weapons the ball. I think Teddy Bridgewater perform will perform very well. I think they can compete. Whether they can compete to win the division, finish second in the division, make the wild card, it's to be seen, but I wouldn't rule it out. I definitely think it's a possibility. The defense could use help, but they might surprise us. 
So next we're going to move on and we're going to basically discuss, like I stated, how it's arguably the best division in football, the NFC South. Is it though? What about the NFC West? The 49ers, fresh off the Super Bowl, they didn't win. They were close to it. The Seahawks, always consistent, always in the playoffs. As long as Russell Wilson's there, you know, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf added another wide receiver, you know, a weapon for Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. They always have a good defense under Pete Carroll. It doesn't matter. The Rams, fresh off the Super Bowl two years ago, didn't lose a lot of pieces. They have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. There's just a lot of good things there. And the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, who was a beast last year, balled out the last half of the year once he finally got out of Miami. Larry Fitzgerald's the ageless wonder, and he has great hands. Oh, and do you guys know a guy named DeAndre Hopkins? I've never really heard of him before, but I think he's pretty good, and I don't think he drops a lot of balls. He's going to be a great addition for Kyler Murray, and I really like what he's going to do to help Christian Kirk in the slot, or maybe they put Andy Isabella in the slot. I definitely think it's just a great combination of things that's going on there. They're going to improve the line through the draft, maybe after the rest of free agency is over too. The defense, they have Chandler Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. They still have Patrick Peterson. They're a good team. People should not sleep on the Cardinals. I don't think they'll win the division this year, but again, it's one of those things where I wouldn't count it out. Injuries happen to other teams like the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams. You just don't know, and you can't count anything like that out. My prediction is the 49ers win that division, Seahawks second, Rams third, Cardinals fourth, like as predicted. In two years, give me the Cardinals finishing second in that division, right behind the Niners, because the Niners are going to stay good for a while, as long as they have that young defense. The NFC South, like I stated before, the Saints, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons, that's the order I think they finish in. The Panthers and Buccaneers come down to the last week for the wild card spot. I don't know if they play the last week or not, but I think that's how it comes down to it. Whoever they play, one's going to lose, one's going to win, one's going to make the wild card. I think the Panthers are going to be that good to be able to compete for a wild card this year. The Saints have the talent. The Bucks brought in Tom Brady. The Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater, really well-system offense and defense there. The defense isn't great, but I feel like it's going to be good under the new system. They'll make the right changes. And the Falcons, they're hit or miss each and every year. We know that they can go... 10 and 10 and 6, you know, they can go 9 and 7, they can also very well go 5 and 11. So it just depends what we're going to get from the Falcons. They lose a lot of really close games. As for the best division in football, I can't really choose either one of them off the top of my head right now. If I had to just pick one, I'm going to go with the NFC West just because the 49ers have been in the Super Bowl so recent. Um, Tom Brady, Drew Brees are both up there in age. The Panthers with Teddy Brees have yet to prove, them, prove themselves, and the Falcons haven't been consistent. The Cardinals are young. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins, I think Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray. I mean, they're good. They, I feel like they can really shock the world. I have them finishing last in the division. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out this year and win the division. Obviously, I'd be a little bit surprised, but not enough to really like, oh, my God. Um like I said, you know, the Rams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, they have the names. Andrew Whitworth is a good lineman. They're going to bring in a running back. They they have the names. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, again, he has the name. The defense is good. It's under Pete Carroll, the name. So I'm going to go with the NFC West talent-wise. The 49ers have Nick Bosa, George Kittle. You know, I, I really, they have good running backs there. Um, they have Wagner, um, Warner, excuse me, Warner at linebacker. I just like... 
Oh, yeah, Wagner for the Seahawks. Can't forget about him. I just like the NFC West talent-wise a little bit more than what the NFC South is working with. I get Michael Thomas, but I get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, the offensive weapons are there. I feel like between the Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, no defense is there compared to the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Moving on to our fourth topic, we're going to be talking about the Patriots situation, you know, at quarterback. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it just due to the fact that I kind of touched on it early on when speaking of Cam Newton. We're going to talk about Cam Newton uh, in this a little bit more. Basically, the situation looks like Stidham, Hoyer, Newton, and the big one, big surprise would be if they tank for Trevor Lawrence. Let's start there. I personally do not think that they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. The big discussion is, was the greatness Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Nobody is going to know until two years down the road because Tom Brady's in a new environment. Bill Belichick's trying to find life without Tom Brady. This year, the Buccaneers could do amazing. The Patriots could suck. Don't judge off of it. It's a, it's a fluke year if you're trying to judge Belichick or Brady. You wait till two years down the road. Let Belichick build his team. You know, he might very well tank and bring in Trevor Lawrence, who I feel like is NFL ready. I feel like he can win at any stage, at any point of his career. I feel like Bill Belichick is a genius. I feel like Tom Brady is the best quarterback in history. I think it was just a perfect duo, and I think it was a team effort between those two, not one or the other. Jared Stidham might be a diamond in the rough. They might not tank for Trevor Lawrence. I think they're not going to bring in Cam Newton. As I stated, Cam Newton's one of the options. I don't think they bring him in. I think they feel as if they have a diamond in the rough and Jared Stidham, they're going to roll with him. If anything happens to Stidham, that's why they brought in Hoyer. He's a veteran. He's been in the system before. He is a good backup. He came into the Colts last year. He didn't do amazing, but he got the job done. He put him in a situation where they could win games. Did they? Maybe not. But again, it's a situation where they could win games. Bill Belichick is a better head coach than Frank Reich, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions. Bill Belichick can then take over that game and use Brian Hoyer to win the game where Frank Reich could not. It's all play call. It's all coaching when it gets to that point towards the end of the games. And definitely the players have the ball out, but I feel like Bill Belichick can put them in the best situation. Like I said, Hoyer's a good backup. I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Patriots and Belichick just go in full confidence in the 2020 season and they just say, okay, we believe in Stidham. He was good in college. Jared Stidham's stats in college, his final year, 2,794 yards, okay, so nearly, nearly 3,000 passing yards in college. Again, that's less than 15 games. I believe he played... 13 his senior year or his junior year which is when he went to the draft junior year in college 18 touchdowns five interceptions that's a pretty good uh td to int ratio and he has 61 percent completion percentage which is well over 50 percent um i'd like to be you know closer to 70 percent would be awesome but again played in the sec um arguably one of the best football conferences in all of the NCAA, all of college, you know, LSU, Alabama, the list goes on and on about that entire conference. So he wasn't playing against any, you know, scrubs. He didn't. He came in last year, I believe it might have been preseason, throw a pick. He had like 14 yards all year long. You can't judge or base anything off of that. I, I, The reports are basically saying that Jared Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback for – the Patriots, uh, when regular season opens week one, 
with the pandemic going on, when, who knows when that'll be, but it'll happen. And I feel like Jared Stidham is going to be the guy under center with Brian Hoyer as a backup. They're going to go in confident. They might let Stidham, you know, progress the first four games and then really just take off with it and go all in, try to win as many games as they can. I feel like Brady and uh, Belichick have respect for each other. They're not going out and they're not going to try to one up each other and really see who is the true um, who did it, Belichick or Brady. You know, I don't think they're going to go at each other like that. So, like I said, just to run over it again real quick, I think Stedham's a starter on uh, week one with Hoyer the backup. Um, my co-partner Garrett, Garrett also um, voices his opinion on that, and he agrees. He believes that although tanking for Lawrence is a possibility, they're going to roll with Stidham, Hoyer, go their best, try their hardest, you know, maybe to try and say, like, hey, it was Bilicek or whatnot. Um, with that being said, Stidham, Hoyer, if it doesn't work out, maybe they do get Lawrence. They trade up for him. So, We'll see how it plays out. Justin Fields is also in that draft. They'll probably go one, two. Who knows? Quarterbacks aren't going to be that big of a need next year with everything that's going on now. But then again, you know, Breeze could retire. Whoever else, it might happen. Matt Ryan, who knows? Um, so moving on, uh, our last and final topic we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Rams and Chargers new logo um, and who runs LA. Um, basically, just to talk about their logos, the Rams is hideous. The Chargers is a little bit different, not a whole lot. Um, it, the, the bolt's a little bit flatter. Um, I think their writing's a little bit more flashy. It's a little bit more um, new. I almost want to call it modern, I guess. Uh, the Rams, I personally think it's hideous. A lot of people think it's hideous. It almost looks like the Chargers because of the yellow in it. I get it's supposed to look like a Ram, but whatever. I can't show you guys the logo on the podcast, so we're not going to stick on the, on the logos a whole lot. Um, they both play in LA in the same stadium. It's like the Clippers and the Lakers. You got Kawhi and Paul George. You got LeBron and AD. You know, who runs LA? For football, it's been the Rams since they both moved the past two, I believe it was almost two years now. Um, it's been the Rams. The Rams went to the Super Bowl. The Rams, you know, have been there before. So it's been the Rams who've been running LA. I think it changes this year. The Chargers are sure. Supposedly running with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Okay. Austin Eckler re-signed at running back. Really showed out last year. Was a baller last year. Definitely showed a lot of confidence, a lot of flash, a lot of speed, pass catching. He's almost like your knockoff off-brand Christian McCaffrey. That's a stretch because I'm not saying he's any close to Christian McCaffrey. But then you have Keenan Allen out wide, Mike Williams. I believe they're going to draft Denzel Mims or a wide receiver of that sort to run the slot this year franchise tag Hunter Henry and how about the moves of the offensive line they retained they still have Marquise Pouncey at right guard this is where they traded 31 year old Russell Okung two-time pro bowler for right guard from the Panthers Trey Turner 27 years old five-time pro bowler and they brought in Brian Bulaga for on a, on a three-year 30 million dollar contract from the Packers and his respective career has been very, very good. And he's protected Aaron Rodgers very, very well. So they definitely beefed up the right side of the line. And there's rumors of them taking Tua Tagovailoa in the draft if he slides to six or they might trade up. So whether that happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. But Tua's a lefty. His blind side's on his right. And they really beefed up the right. I also believe they're going to try in the second or third round if they do take a quarterback in the first round to kind of add to the left side of the line on the left tackle or left guard, but they do need a little bit of help. 
The defense, arguably top three in the entire league. On the defensive line, you have Joey Bosa on one side, Melvin Ingram on the other. In the center, you have Tillery, who's young. In the linebacker, you have Drew Tranquil. They just brought in Nick Vigil, who had 11, 111 tackles last year for the Bengals. He might have been the only player trying for the Bengals last year. Who knows? The secondary is unreal with Casey Hayward, pro bowler, Desmond King, pro bowler, both of those all pros, former all pros, and Chris Harris, they just signed from the Broncos, pro bowler and all pro former. And the secondary of Nasir Adderley, who was their second round pick last year. He's young. And you have Derwin James, all pro from his rookie year, arguably one of the best strong safeties in the league between him and really Jamal Adams. That's it. They're both they're they're that's a great defense, a great overall team. Whatever direction the quarterback situation goes, I'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but I think that team is better than what you know the Rams are going with in LA. The usual team, Aaron Donald and um, Jalen Ramsey is on their defense. Uh, they have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. They have Jared Goff. No decision at running back, but still a good offensive line. They're the team in L.A. as of now, after this season. I think it's going to be the Chargers. We'll have to wait and see. Um, they definitely have the names the Rams do. You know, they have the ticket sales, all this fun stuff. But the Chargers can bring in a quarterback like Tua um, or Cam Newton if they decide to go that route. They're going to bring in ticket sales, jersey sales, et cetera, et cetera, um, even if they bring in Herbert. If they roll with Tyrod, I still think they win more games than the Rams this year. I still think they show out a lot more. They might not beat the Chiefs in the division, but can definitely um, they can definitely ball out and maybe make the wild card and hopefully get a little bit more you know, publicity in L.A. So that is who I think is going to run L.A. this year, the Chargers, so just to run over everything. That was our free agency cooldown. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you, guys. Follow us at That Football Guy, TFG Football. Thank you.